Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the call. The telephone. An invention that changed the way the world communicated. Before the telephone was invented, people communicated in a lot of different ways. They sent letters, I mean, it took forever to deliver just one. Some used drums to beat out a message, some used fire to communicate. They sent smoke signals, they sent messages from one hilltop to another by raising or lowering a semaphore's tower's arms. If it was foggy, no one could see the message. People would put a message into little containers on a carrier pigeon's leg. The bird would fly to the person receiving the message. You get the gist. When telephones first became available to the public, many people were afraid that other people could listen in on their conversations. This actually did happen on party lines where more than one household shared a line with other households. Also, some operators in small communities listen in on conversations because, well, they were nosy, like a lot of us, let's be honest. <laughs> or had a lot of time on their hands with nothing else to do. Telephones also allowed people to spread the news quicker. But the news was sometimes just gossip. There was something magical about sounds coming from a thin wire. And also something terrifying. Many elderly people refused to touch a telephone for fear of electrical shock. Others tried to take advantage of the telephone. In some towns, people suffering from various illnesses went to the telephone stations in the hope that the electrical impulses received by their bodies would cure them. One of the biggest fears, however, was that the telephone was in some way able to attract evil spirits, or at least thunder and lightning. In some towns, it was difficult to even find a manager for the telephone station, since there was widespread concern about the possible effects of the telephone lines and electricity in the station. Tonight's horror tales take place on something we all have. A phone. Whether it's 911 calls or strange voicemails, make sure you have all the lights turned on before listening to this episode. And if this is your first time here, I'm your host and curator of all things strange and unexplained, Anthony Rossetti, and this is episode 18 of Not Another horror podcast. Our first case tonight takes place in Marshall, Minnesota, on March 14th, 2008. 18-year-old Brandon Swenson was on his way home from celebrating 
the end of the spring semester with fellow students from Minnesota's West Community and Technical College, Canby Campus. He called his parents to inform them that he had been in some sort of accident. Brandon had accidentally crashed into a ditch with his car, but luckily he wasn't injured. His parents, Annette and Brian Swenson, got in their pickup truck and drove out to where they thought he was, keeping him on the phone despite occasional hang-ups and drops. Brandon stayed with his car and tried to signal them by flashing his lights on and off, on and off, on and off, but they saw nothing. Nor did he see them do the same. Brandon finally gave up and told them he was leaving the car to walk towards the lights he could see that led him to believe he was near Lind, a small town roughly 7 miles or 11 kilometers southwest of Marshall. He told his father to head for the parking lot of a local bar and wait for him there. Brian began driving there, talking to his son as he did. Shortly after 2.30 a.m., 47 minutes into the call, Brandon suddenly interrupted himself on the phone and said, Oh shit. He was silent for the remainder of this call, until his parents hung up and attempted to call back. Brandon has not been seen or heard from since. The next day, a search team was sent. They found no traces of him and they couldn't understand what lights he had seen. Our next case is Caitlin Kneeder. You see, on August 4th, 2016, Caitlin called 911 saying, she had killed her two-year-old son. When police arrived, they found her standing in the main stairway leading to her upper-level apartment. She allegedly came at officers with a large butcher knife, ignoring commands to drop the knife and get down on the ground. Officers yelled at her to put down the knife. You can even hear it on some of the other 911 audio. She eventually dropped the knife and got on the ground, but became aggressive when officers went to arrest her, and a stun gun was deployed to subdue her. After she was taken into custody, officers entered the apartment and found the lifeless child in a cardboard box that had two other boxes stacked on top of it in a hallway closet. In an interview with police, Kanita allegedly admitted to killing the boy by placing a plastic grocery bag over his head and suffocating him. What you're about to hear is a clip from that 911 call. Emergency dispatch. Yes, hi. I need police to come here. What's the address? Okay, what's the problem? I killed my son. You what? I killed my son. How did you kill your son? I strangled him. You said you just strangled your son? He's been dead for a little bit. How long has he been dead? Like a half an hour. Okay, is there anyone else in the home with you? No. 
Okay. What is your name, ma'am? Katie. Katie, what is your last name? Kenneth Hader. Okay. Can you tell me what happened that, that led up to this, Katie? I have no idea. Okay. You don't have any weapons or anything with you right now, do you? No. Okay. And again, tell me how old your son is? Two. Two years old? Okay. Yeah. I'm just going to stay on the phone here with you, okay? Okay. And Katie, you said nobody else is home with you right now? No. Okay. All right. Anything going on with you? Uh, I feel like I've lost my mind. Okay. All right. Have you been having some problems or? Always. Okay. What kind of problems are you having? I don't know. I want to die. Okay. How long is it going to be? It'll be just a little bit. It's being dispatched as I'm talking to you ago, or talking to you right now, okay? Okay. Where Where are you in conjunction to your son? Are you in the same room right now? No. No? Okay. Is he, What room of the house is he in? His bedroom. His bedroom? And do you believe he could maybe still be alive? No. No? Katie? 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 Hello. Are, are you still here? I have a knife. You have a knife? What kind of knife did you get? No. Now we've all gotten calls from unknown numbers and we tend to avoid them, especially in the world of telemarketer scams, always calling you about your car's extended warranty. But a Reddit user by the username phone message, <laughs> <our> original, <laughs> asked for the help of Reddit to figure out who was calling his mother's phone. I'm going to read you that post right now. And after that, we will listen to the call. A couple of years ago, my mother called me from a neighbor's house in a hysterical state because someone had taken over her home phone. She's very independent but elderly, has failing vision and lives alone in Greeley, Colorado. Her neighbor checked out the phone and it seemed okay, so my mom eventually calmed down and went home. Then a few days later, it happened again. My mom was inconsolable and refused to go back into her house. Her neighbor told me she could not stop shaking. I urgently took time off work and traveled to Colorado the next day to help her. I tested her phone and couldn't find anything wrong, but I said I'd stay with her for the next week to make sure she was okay. I, I thought she was going a little mad and was desperately trying to work out how I could move to Colorado permanently to live closer to her. I was horrified when I discovered what was really going on. 
When she had lifted the receiver rather than the dial tone, she heard a creepy message. I'm not surprised it terrified her. Hell, it freaked me out too. Over the next few days, I figured out that the message only came between 7 p.m. to 7.15 p.m. Any other time of day, there was a normal dial tone and the phone worked normally. The phone did not ring at 7 p.m. or anything. It was just that if you lifted the receiver to make a call between 7 to 7.15 p.m., you'd get the sinister message rather than the dial tone. If it was before 7.15 p.m. and you hung up the phone and then lifted the receiver again, the message would play again from the start. If you hung up and then immediately, as in within a fraction of a second, lifted the receiver again, the line would appear to be dead until 7.15. My mom's phone has a connector for a headset, so I managed to record the message on my laptop. The day after I recorded the message, the phone was dead for most of the day. I called the phone company, but they said they couldn't find any fault and wouldn't do anything. In the evening, I tried to take another recording to see whether the message had changed, but it was gone and there was just a normal dial tone. The message has never come back, but my mom is still frightened about using her phone. Ever since I've tried to discreetly figure out what it was all about and what's it got to do with my mom, it, it got nowhere. So I've decided to post my recording on the internet to help see if anyone can help. Connecting you. Please hold the line. NORAD, AWS, Station Zulu Foxtrot 77, Zulu Foxtrot 77. Status alert con 4. Status alert con 4. Security tracing in progress. Attention. 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 Whiskey. Whiskey. Zero. Nine. Ready. November. Papa. Four. Four. Danger. Hotel. Papa. Eight. Seven. Ready. Hotel, Quebec, three, nine. Ready. Papa, Kilo, five, eight. Ready. Foxtrot, Charlie, two, three. Ready. November, November, one, eight. Trigger. Victor, Yankee, nine, two. Ready. Lima, Charlie, five, six, secure. Attention, attention, attention. Just to be clear, this is not a joke, troll or whatever. As has been pointed out, it might be a prank someone's pulled on my mom, but 
It would be insanely elaborate if it is. I'd really like to know if anyone has any info. A YouTuber by the name of Kevin K posted an odd voicemail he got on June 3rd, 2008 at 8.19 p.m. See if you can make out what they are saying. Now, for those of you who are Bigfoot believers, the next call should be right up your alley. A family called to tell 911 that they were being stalked by an unidentified creature. San Antonio 911, do you need police, fire, or EMS? I'm not real sure, ma'am. Um, I just watched the biggest critter, but it... It snowed real bad. I'm a homeless female. I live right in the middle of the woods, around 151 to the north of Claybro. And 1604 was lighter. Uh -huh. This big thing was 75 feet away from me, smells awful, devoured a whole deer carcass, and then took off and, like, screamed, screeched, and took off across the street. And I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm dead serious. There was something very big, bigger, a lot bigger than me, <laughs> out here. So, I just thought somebody should know. I really okay. don't know what you can do about it. Um, how long ago did this happen? This is, um, I want, like, immediately. Like, I just, yeah. I don't know. Animal control. I mean, it's. Okay, again, now tell me, where was it? This is at 151 in Calibra? Okay, yeah, like, you know, the light at 151, just up from Calibra on 16, like on 1604, where 1604 split, and you can get off on the access road to Calibra, or you can take 151. Right. That light right there is, yes, right in there. It is a very large, hairy animal. Of some kind. <laughs> now, was it standing on two or four? Well, I told you it was standing on two legs. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I'm serious. It ran off at breaking limbs and trees. And it kind of screech howled. And a very creepy, scary thing. Because, like I said, I, I live in a tent. Um, in the woods. So... You live never, in a tent? Yes, ma'am. I'm a homeless female. I live in a tent in the woods, and I just saw this freaky, scary, very large creature devour a deer and run off across the road. So, uh, okay. I don't know. Is there any way that we can have an officer contact you? Uh, yeah, I guess it's this number. Um, but I'd really prefer, like, animal control or somebody bigger than me. But, 
appreciate it. I just thought somebody should know that there's a very large animal in the vicinity. Now, the deer was walking around, and, you know, the deer was dead, and it got devoured. It was a carcass. Okay, and do you see signs of, of, of a dead deer, blood, or whatever? Um, actually, ma'am, uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go check it out right at the moment. Is that okay? <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it seems like I'm waiting for daylight. I got, I don't own anything but a machete and a hatchet, so I'm kind of creeped out. I just thought, like I said, I thought somebody should know there's a very large something big enough to eat and as a Are predator. Are you there? Uh, yes, ma'am. Did they see it too? Yes, ma'am. How, how about if I have an officer contact you guys out there? Um, I'm not going to leave my camp right at the moment. I mean, I, if they want to come look at the light, she wants an officer to meet us. Um, yeah. Right, <laughs> we're not leaving where we're at, is what we're trying to say. I'm a little bit scared, and it's raining, and um, I just want somebody to maybe check it out in the okay. morning when it's not dark. Well, what I can do right now is I can have an officer patrol that area. Which direction did it run? It ran across um, the, the light at 151, like towards the water tower on two feet, like my husband said. Because of the overcast, uh -huh. 
and uh, we doubt our fire, and I have a like a, a blanket thing hung up as it a drama, and it I it saw it over the top of that, and when it ran, it cracked branches. Please, yes, birds. Like I like the size of a grizzly bear. Imagine that. But all steroids with two feet. So, yeah, you have two feet, Mama. I, I know. I just know what. Okay. And did you, uh, and what is your name? Jennifer. Jennifer. Yeah, it's raining now and we can't hear nothing outside. It's kind of scary. Okay. All right. Well, we'll have an officer patrol that area and see what we can find. I mean, I know, I mean, you guys might be able to find something animal control, might be able to find tracks or something in the morning. It's hard to find tracks on this Maybe area. Right she said she's going to send a patrol around the area. So, right. and yes, she can call. Send you the light and get the light and sound okay. your firing. Okay. He'll come out of the woods <coughs> and talk to you. Our next story centers on an Air Force captain by the name of Gary Subrink. He planned a surprise return trip to New York to visit his friends and family without telling them. Upon arriving at the airport, Gary was approached by a man he later described as looking normal and being well-groomed. The man who had a clipboard asked Gary what his name was, how it was spelled, where he was headed, and other personal questions. Believing the man was attempting to sell him something, Gary ignored the man and got onto his flight. But a second man, Gary specified that it wasn't the same person, got onto the plane and sat next to him. Yet again, he was asked for personal details. Though it didn't take long for a stewardess to request to see the man's ticket. After being given it, the second clipboard man was told that he was in the wrong seat and he had to move. Upon arriving in New York, Gary contacted a close friend of his and told him that he just landed in New York City. To his shock, his friend responded by saying, What are you talking about? You told me you were coming to New York yesterday. Gary stated that he'd done no such thing but his friend is insistent that he'd called him, even going so far as to say that he sounded like he had a stuffy nose that was coming down with a cold. Not wanting to bicker, Gary ignored it and goes to his parents' house to surprise them. All goes well until that night, which is when things got really weird. That night, someone called Gary and requested to speak to him. The caller was said to have a robotic voice, which Gary was quick to begin recording. These calls would take place until the following night. Four calls total. Three the first night, and one the following night. After the fourth, they ceased entirely. Yes, this is me. Can I speak to you? Can I ask why you're... Yes, can I ask why you're calling? 
Can I please ask? Yes, this is. Yes, that is me. Say that again. Leave. I'm staying right here. Is this a joke or what? I have to think about that. I'd like to see you. Hey, let me tell you something. I've been listening to you, and I've had contacts with you. Government interference? You have? Please explain what type of interference. Okay. Some will rise from the dark side of the moon. Okay, um, what branch of the government? What, uh, what should I do? Okay. Is that good for me or bad? Stephen, if you're playing games, I'm going to kick your ass. So how long are you going to be back from Texas? Huh? You being impersonated by the other voice. Yeah, this is you, Steve. Idiot. You're pissing me off, jerk. I'm gonna get you once. Let's see what it says. Review. One new call out of area. Is Steven out of the area? Are you going to be back from Texas? Wait, say that again? You are being impersonated by the other voice. Wait, hold on. Is Steven out of the calling area or what? What do you mean you don't know? He's in Queens. Hello? There's Gary's son, Frank, in there. Who is this? Sounds like a freaking robot. So, Lord, are you going to be back from Texas? What was that again, sir? You were being impersonated by the other voice. Oh, be quiet now, huh? Sorry, would you see that again? Hello? Last but certainly not least, we have the call of Ruth. In this call, an elderly woman identifies herself as a Ruth, last name censored. But it is widely believed by internet sleuths that her last name was Price, Douglas, or both. She tries to give her location, but the operator cuts her off and asks what the problem is. Ruth expresses concerns about a suspicious man lurking around her apartment. The operator asks where the man currently is, and Ruth says that she doesn't know. After that, things take a turn for the worse. There's a large debate on the internet if this is a real call. Take a listen and make your own conclusion. What's the problem, ma'am? Oh, well, there's some guy been uh, taking the place out. Oh. Well, he went in the back. I have an apartment in the back, and he said he was looking for a guy. And he comes to my door. And, yes. And uh, said he's uh, looking for an apartment. So I'm, I live alone, and I'm an old lady. Yes. 
That wraps up our show for this evening, and sorry it wasn't a little bit longer, but I am feeling under the weather, but we are getting closer and closer to that season finale. Remember, if you like the show, you can always rate it on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Stay safe, stay sane, and don't answer any unknown calls.